2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we love that sound, because you know what that means? That means, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the witching hour. It is Friday, and it is 5 o'clock, and the 5 o'clock pop is brought to you by none other than Farmer's Brewing Company. Whatever time it is and wherever you are, join us as we get ready for 49ers Lions. We're going to be sipping on their hazy IPA called Garage Dweller. It's made with Farmer Brewing's. Own estate-grown rice and wheat, and it has like a sweet, tropical, and citrus aroma to it. You're going to love it. Go grab a six-pack from Farmer's Brewing at your nearest grocery store and enjoy the game with us. And uh, the beer Uh, right here on 95.7 The Game. No joke. Me and a couple buddies were sipping on some of these during the game last week, and oh my gosh, like the reviews across the board were fantastic. They were delicious. They went down a little bit too easily. Uh, they were gone at just a few plays in to the first quarter. We will be doing it again uh, just a little bit earlier because this time it will be at 3.30.
3: Yeah, 3.30, which, uh, man, I like a 3.30 kick. You figure you get 3.30, yeah. watch that first game. Hopefully there's a little bit of a buffer in between. About when baby girl is going to wake up, get her out for a quick walk around the neighborhood, and then boom, 3.30 to 7. And by 7, you get a chance to have a nice meal and hopefully celebrate a Niner trip to Vegas. That's
2: the plan. That's the plan. I'm ducking out of the Fox show this weekend. Oh, you are? I was going to ask you. New Fox show this weekend. Look at you. New Fox show this weekend.
3: That would be a little difficult, even as you, who's very good at multitasking, and I've seen it for myself in real time, you want to be locked in on this one.
2: I've done this, and it's uncomfortable. The, the the headliner for me where I did this, Father's Day, Game 7, Warriors-Cavs, and I had a show, and I went and did the show, and I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy doing that at all. Probably you not mean? your best work either, I would imagine. No, no, and you are able to kind of like, you know, it was almost like a Manning cast type thing. Like we can talk about what's going on in the game, but it's like who wants to be matter-of-fact right. with a national audience – when something like that is happening. like You can't
3: just be screaming, that was a foul! Uh, I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, come on, what are we doing? Right. So I'm not doing that this weekend. Good so, for you. Yeah, we're, we're ducking out this you're weekend. You going
3: to be home uh, or with the lovely Yeah, and- yeah.
2: Well, the kids, and yeah, well, I think we'll have some peeps and, and some pops and some, some eats. And peeps and pops, Daisy good. Daisy dips. And okay. This, yeah, we'll do all the stuff. Um uh, All right, here's Debo Samuel, relieved that it was not a break
4: in the shoulder. Bro, this is... Right when I figured it out it wasn't uh, the same thing as the Browns game, it was kind of a relief because I know it wasn't a fracture. It was just like a deep bruise or whatever. But I'm talking about timeless hours in here day in and day out just to get where we at right now.
2: Okay, so Debo's been putting in the work. And uh, and I'm no doubt, no doubt, like you can hear it in his voice what has gone in to getting him to this point. No injury designation at all. He is in. But don't forget, six days ago, that's all it was now. Six days ago, what's emblazoned in my mind was the look on his face, that camera that caught him going into the locker room. Because I do think the look on his face at that point was, man, it happened again. It happened again. And I think he thought in that moment that he was out for the rest of the playoffs.
3: Right. If it's broken, if it's fractured, then you can't play through it. But if it's a deep bruise, oh, it's a deep bruise, as Ron Burgundy might say. You can work through that. Maybe not in the moment, and he was obviously in so much pain that he thought it was worse than it turned out to be, and so you don't play because you think it can get worse, and then you realize it's not broken, it's a deep bruise. Now you set about getting the treatment, which I would imagine is a lot of uh, deep tissue massage and and ice and trying to loosen that thing up and pain management as you go, and you get ready for Sunday, and hopefully – You don't get any sort of re-injury, especially early in that game.
2: Well, and we're talking about the emotions that he must have been feeling Saturday. He talked about that.
4: At the time, it was hurting like really bad. I was kind of scared a little bit. Like I thought I had fractured it again, and I was just all over the place. And then, in a big game like that, like I had uh, like millions of emotions on the sideline, trying to kind of hold them together for my team. And you know, um, just to see them get the dub and stuff. I mean, that was kind of relief as well, just to know I have an extra week just to figure out what was going on. And we went and got an MRI, and everything showed up negative, and it was just a deep bruise, and it was kind of painful at the time. But as the week on, you know, like I just said, them doing a good job getting all the pain away, getting all my motion and strength back, and I, I feel like. They did an outstanding job. Yep, to
2: the point where he's not even on the injury report at all. I, While he was sitting on the sideline, these were the thoughts he had as he watched Brock Purdy and the 49ers somehow navigate the fourth quarter.
4: That was amazing with how the game was going. You know, every game has its ups and downs. And, you know, you got all the naysayers about Brock this, Brock that, this, that, and the third. But when Brock Best was needed, he went out there and capitalized on the long drive. You know, the receivers going out there making plays, Kittle from Christian, and you know it all started with the O-line, and they just went out there and did what they were supposed to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, he does bring up a point that, and we've said it a couple of times throughout the week, I get it when it comes from teammates. Teammates are always going to be there for their guy, uh, but but I do think that's something that, uh, that, that Brock has probably not gotten enough credit for, which is usually we watch a player in the playoffs, and what matters is what they do in the end. We don't worry too much about the process. So, in other words, take Brock's game and give it to any other quarterback in the playoffs, and they win. What do we say? What if Baker Mayfield had done that?
3: Oh, what an incredible performance Ex- by Baker exactly. Mayfield. Exactly. No
2: matter what had happened to that point, we would have said incredible, but that's not that's that's not what Brock Purdy has afforded for whatever reason or set of reasons. Um, all right. Was asked if he learned anything specifically about Brock in that game.
4: Not really because, I, I mean, I've been around him for two years now for like forever. But, I mean, he's never like uptight or, you know, the, the moment is never too big for him. He's always poised, cool. Even though I wasn't in a huddle, like I can see it. And I can see like how the guys are reacting to what the things that he's saying. But, you know, with Brock being the commander of the huddle, like you have no choice but to listen and just follow his lead. And he went out there and did a great job.
2: I i do still get a kick out of listening to some of the teammates talk about his quote-unquote command of the group, because if you watched this group walk into a room, he's the last one that you would point at and go, oh, that's their leader. right?" They're, they're, there's their leader. Um, but there's obviously something different about his personality when uh, when he's with the guys in the huddle.
3: Yeah, and it's calm, and it's calm that belies his relative youth and inexperience, and it's the quarterback's job to do that but we forget sometimes that he is in his second year. He is only 23, and his whole route to become QB1 for a team that, again, is in the conference championship game, you can't take that for granted when it comes to the leadership that he continually shows. Um, We're moving
2: toward the money quote from Debo. Okay, There's two more. Um, One, he's asked just about this game and putting his body on the line.
4: Well, a game like this, you know – Got to put everything on the line because we've been here for the last five years. And three years we fell short, and then one year we fell short the Super Bowl. It's kind of like, what is it going to take, you know? And I feel like we got all the things that we need in, in this building from from Jed, John, and Cal to all the players. So I feel like it's all hands on deck, and we know it's at stake.
2: Okay, so I, I think that captures what the fan base is thinking as well. And then here it is, when specifically being asked about the shoulder injury, take a listen to the exchange. As the question never even gets finished.
4: How do you play as physically as you do, but still trying to protect yourself? I ain't protecting nothing.
3: Man. So, Debo, are you planning on going out of bounds at all if you happen to get the football?
2: One one more time.
4: How do you play as physically as you do, but still trying to protect yourself? I ain't protecting nothing.
2: How do you play as physically as you do, but still try to protect yourself? And he cuts the reporter off. I ain't protecting nothing.
3: Yeah. And he said it in the answer before. They've been there for the last five years. So Debo has been there for the last five years. And a number of these guys, Nick Bosa and all the rest of them, who've been this close before, you realize that while it doesn't come around every year, it comes around every year. <laughs> you, and even though it comes around yeah. every year, you got to get to that spot where you get to the next game and then you actually win that next game. So I'm not surprised <sighs> to hear him say that. No. It does make me. Every time he gets the football on Sunday, we're all going to hold our collective breath it, it, knowing that he's, he ain't protecting nothing.
2: It 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 always scares me when Debo Samuel plays football. I'll be straight honest with you. I've felt this way for four years. I don't know that the way Debo plays is sustainable. And most years, it has proven to not be. And so all you can hope for in those situations is that the injuries are coming, but they come at the quote-unquote right time. And in a way, maybe they have. You know, he was able to be there in the beginning. He was able to be there then kind of two-thirds of the way through the season when the Niners made their run. And while he wasn't able to be there for the majority of the game Saturday, the Niners still won and so if he can just get through two more games and he gets a bye week in between them, if he can just do that, then uh, then I guess it's all good. But that's one thing that's always been on my mind when they gave him the contract they gave him. It's like I get his importance to the play calling, but are you handing over a bucket full of money to somebody who's really not capable of a 17-game season?
3: Right, but this year he played 15, and he could have played 16 had he not... Uh you know, set out the one game. Last year he played in 13. I could
2: argue he also played one less than that because one of the games he was a complete decoy. a decoy,
3: but he was out there, so you give him credit for being out there. And being a decoy when you're Debo Samuel is very valuable. It's as valuable as... You know, some receivers who are out there and the impact that they yeah. may
2: or may not make in a game. He also had two games that he quote unquote played in, but he left immediately in right. the first quarter. Right, right. Last, yeah. Last
3: year he played in thirteen of the seventeen. So yep. to your point, yep. there are games he misses. It's interesting about Brock Purdy and what you said about how we would perceive his game. He, before that last drive, was 17 of 32 for 205 mm-hmm. before he led them on that final drive where he went 6 of 7 and won the football game. So, if that drive never happens and he winds up 17 of 32 for 205, we think about Brock Purdy's performance completely different. If they would have lost that game, maybe he fumbles the snap or somebody fumbles the first play yeah, who knows? and they don't drive down and score and that's his final line, then we feel differently about his game. So, all these narratives and all these things can change in the blink of an eye. Obviously, whether
2: there's a W or an L at right. the end of the uh, of the line is what is what totally shades the way we think. Um, all right. Speaking of shading the way we think, let's bring our buddy Larry Krueger in, who of course will be along with Low Neal, uh, the guy, uh, the guys who uh, who walk you up to kickoff right here on ninety five seven. The game and Lair uh, on the boxer and Gerson guest line. I want to start with the finish because. You were resonating in my head during that game on Saturday night. You had said 2413, 2417, It was going to be close. I hated that. I didn't want to believe it. You were absolutely right. So I don't want to hear you say it again. Larry, don't say it again. My guy. Yeah. Larry. Is it, is it going to be close again?
5: I feel, good. I feel good this week about maybe a little bit more separation. I, I think the Lions are tremendous, but um, I just think the 49ers had, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't have two bad games back-to-back. One of the best articles, guys, that's out there on this Niner thing, and I've read, you know, all day a bunch of stories, is Kyle Madsen. You know, our buddy Madsen. Who wrote three reasons for optimism for the Niners in the championship game? And go, go check it out. It's up NinersWire, uh, Um, and one of them, he says that, you know, Brock, and he's right, Brock Purdy doesn't really have two bad games in a row. And, you know, the last time he had a quarterback rating of 86.7 or worse, he came back the next week with 124.7 rating. So, you know, he he does tend to bounce back. I think that's on I think that's true
3: and I think he will. I think they they're going to play well and beat the Lions. How much of that do you think is predicated on the weather and the bad weather clearly got to Brock last week. He had the glove on and the glove came off. It was rainy. It was difficult. He struggled. Looks like the forecast is for Mid-60s at the kick, a little bit cooler after that, but no rain. Is the weather as much of an indicator for Brock that he'll play well?
5: I think there's no question at this point that we have enough evidence that shows that he doesn't play particularly well with a wet ball. Heck, we saw something last week that we've never seen before, and that's a guy rubbing his pants when the ball is still in his, you know, he's already taken the snap and he's trying to dry off his hand. I mean, I think that speaks loudly about how he deals with uh, the wet conditions, but... Um, I just expect he's going to play well because I mean, the the lions are 27th in passing yards and I think they, they've got two corners that I don't think are going to be able to stand up. And I think he'll bounce back in drier conditions. He looked to me, if there was a the number one thing that, you know, when I asked him about it this week, he said, you know, I made that throw to Savage and I was tentative after that and late on the checkdowns And, um, you know, that's very honest, it's candid, but I think he's also right on the money.
2: You know what, that that comment, I'm glad you brought that up, Larry. Larry Kruger joining us on Weatherden and Dibs because, um, in a way, that made me a little bit uncomfortable because it's the second time that he's admitted that a mistake in the game will kind of shake his emotions. And I think we hear from a lot of teammates that, that, that that's not what happens. Like, Brock is going to be aggressive no matter what, but... You know, he mentioned in the Ravens game, like, yeah, man, I didn't I, – I, it was like, I don't want to keep throwing interceptions. So those were on my mind. Same thing here. Like, is that a concern for you that Brock's confidence can still get shaken in such a way?
5: No, I don't think – I think you're misreading that. I don't think it's his confidence. Um, I think it's just, you know, kind of when you play that position, it, there's, a, there's a rhythm to the whole thing, and it's not just all success. And, um, you know, sometimes they beat you. You know, sometimes they, you feel like they're reading your mail, uh, and that you need to make adjustments. It's no different than like a baseball game where you make adjustments to the pitcher. So I think that's what that's, that's about. To me, I mean, the guy comes across as, as very confident. Uh, every guy in that room believes that he's going to, you know, win games. You know, I mean, the, the guy's whatever, 17-5 and five or whatever it is, three and 3-1 in the playoffs um so i mean he's had a lot of success and the guys believe in him but it is interesting i think more than anything mark he's just introspective
3: how do you feel about the niners ability to run the ball i know the lions run defense is their strength and you know christian mccaffrey may or may not be still nursing that injury that kind of nagged him for the last month or so of the year do you think the niners can get back to establishing some ground attack larry
5: well, I mean, I mean, they're absolutely going to have to. Um, the thing about it, Dibs, that's really kind of scary is that Detroit, the Niners want to run on first down typically with McCaffrey, and Detroit's the number one run defense in the league on first down. They give up 3.3 yards on first down. And so it's a really huge challenge. Do you run against the number one run D on first down on first down, or do you try to mix it up? and come back with the run on second down and try to maybe take them out of their normal rhythm. So I think that's one of those games, the game within the game, that we're going to see in the first quarter.
2: Larry, talk to us about the edge rushers of the 49ers. The strength of the Lions' offensive line are, are, are their tackles. And so these matchups that Bosa and Young and others will be facing throughout the game is high-level stuff. How do you break it down?
5: Well, I think it's going to be, you know, Panay Sewell's a phenomenal offensive tackle, maybe the best right tackle in a long time. And so he's really dominant. He's 6'6", he's 330. You know, he's really, he's awesome, but he's better in the run game. Uh, Taylor Decker, Buckeye, you know, Bosa's watched him for years. We talked about it earlier this week. Those guys are the strengths. Ragnow's banged up. He's a terrific center. I mean, he's as good as any in the league, but he's got two different injuries. He didn't practice a lot this week. Jonah Jackson had been their left guard and he was really talented. Uh, now they're going to a really raw kid, Coyote, Awaseka, and he hasn't played a lot. Uh, and Glasgow inside and Ragnow and, and Awaseka. I think if you're the 49ers, you have to find a way to challenge Goff uh, in the A-gap, mostly because he doesn't move well laterally. And I think that's pressuring him in the A-gap um, all night or all afternoon, I think, it's going to be a big part of the game plan, I would, I would imagine.
3: Is it Armstead and Hargrave, or can Javon Kinlaw finally start to live up to his first-round billing?
5: Yeah, I mean, Dibs, I think it's just all hands on deck. I mean, at this point, um I mean, Je- Sebastian Joseph Day played more snaps, I believe, last week than Kinlaw, so they kind of went to Sebastian Joseph Day, who's a little bit more explosive, but is way stronger, and I-, I think I would put my money more on Kinlaw just being able to bull rush uh, and impact the quarterback. Some guys are not going to get there. I mean, the 49ers are having a hard time sacking the quarterback, Bosa. Hasn't sacked a quarterback in the playoffs in quite a while now. Uh, he needs to have a huge day. They, Goff needs to feel the 49er defensive line in this game, or this is going to be a really rough game.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. We've said that a couple of times on this one. But, but Larry, give us a little bit more of an umbrella view here because I think that that everyone who's watching 49ers games is looking at that defensive line and going, okay, not a lot of sacks. I get that there's some pressures and hits. The production is not what we thought it it was going to be. What do you see?
5: Is something wrong? Well, I mean, you know, there, first of all, Chase Young has a big name, and he's not the player that he was when he first came into the league and when he was at Ohio State. So even though he's got a big name and may command some sig- significant money if he has a big couple games here, but he to this point, he has just been a decent edge setter and kind of a try-hard guy, but a lot of that special edge quickness I don't see. Gregory, I think I do see a lot more speed, um, but they're just not getting home. Beal's probably the fastest edge rusher they got. They've, you're right. I mean, I think one of the things we're seeing is that, you know, it, there's reasons for this. Teams are leaving backs in to chip the ends pretty consistently. Um, you know, they're leaving extra guys in to block this front four. Um, I don't think Detroit will, though, because Detroit's got a good enough line where they won't need to. But, I mean, the 49er defensive line, if it gets dominated in this game, there's a lot of guys with big reps and big names there. They get dominated in this game, and it's going to be very difficult to win. So, um, you know, Gregory Kinlaw, Givens, Beal—all their second team guys are all going to matter in this game. So they, their D line's got to play, and they and they've got to maybe use Warner and Greenlaw to kind of dictate the tempo to go off at times
3: third lowest blitz rate for uh, Steve Wilkes in the National Football League, so I wonder if he gets away from that as you're indicating and brings a fifth if it's Fred Warner or somebody else. What's your concern level with Ambry Thomas playing with the the bad hand and really struggled against Green Bay?
5: I'm not concerned. I mean, I I think Ambry is going to bounce back. I mean, he, he... he had a real bad moment there where he lost his poise with the ball in the air i mean he he did the one thing that you just can't do right you can't wrap the guy up um and that's what he did he wrapped the guy up so i'm sure he'll watch it um he's he's got some really good traits i mean he's fast he's long-armed he's athletic he might be their best athlete on the corner and he's tough and he'll hit so they're going to need it in this game I, Ambry, I I think he's going to help them this week because I think he's real physical against the run, and Montgomery is a horse. Uh,
2: The skill position player on the Lions offense who scares you the most is?
5: Jameer Gibbs. Because Jameer Gibbs is a great player, and he's super explosive, and he can beat you as a runner. He gets yards after contact, he can beat you as a receiver. He's dynamic. He's, he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. He's, he was a great pick. I mean, they, they, a lot of people said they reached for him, but he, they took him in the first round. He's an he's a explosive runner-receiver. I mean, there's McCaffrey, but Gibbs is terrific.
3: I'm surprised you didn't say Amon Ra, considering he'll be in the slot and a real handful there. Is it because you think or Lenore can handle him there, Larry?
5: No, it's just because I just had oh. to pick between aces. I mean, to be completely <laughs> honest, guys, this is this is why. I mean, I kind of look at this like the '84 Bears came to Candlestick and the and the Niners shut them out twenty three nothing, and then in '85 the Bears were like unbelievable. That's what I really see with this Lions team. They're the, the next year Lions are going to be crazy good, but they're a year ahead of schedule and um, they're going to be tough to beat here. They're rugged, but they don't. They don't have great corners. They have weaknesses to their game. And I think the 49ers are going to be able to do a lot offensively
2: do you, uh, and score a lot of points. Yeah, Larry, do you, Larry Kruger with us. Do you buy into the labels on the coaches, which is that Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs skews too conservative. Dan Campbell skews maybe too reckless. Um, do you buy into those, and how do those affect this game?
5: So that's an awesome question mark because you know you're totally right. I mean, Campbell goes for it all the time on fourth down. Shanahan is like third lowest uh, rate at going for it in the NFL, so um, he's much more conservative. I don't know. You know, it's a hard thing to evaluate. The one thing that's nice is that they tend to get touchdowns in the red zone under Purdy, and they don't settle for field goals nearly as they did, nearly as much as they did with Jimmy. That's a good thing. But you know, that's going to be a key factor. And there's no question.
3: Well, let's let's have it, Larry. Enough beating around the bush and handing out accolades to my partner. Yep. Score prediction: You were so close against Green Bay. What do you think, Larry? What's the final? How how much are we going to celebrate, or are we? That's a great question, That's Jim. Better. That's much better. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, I mean, you, you told him it was an awesome question. <laughs> it was. It was a. It was a question, and it was mm. awesome that he asked it, yeah. but. Give me that the makes it an awesome Larry. question. Yeah, it hurts, Larry. That, that would hurt I, me. mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, your question
5: was a question. Thank um, you. Mediocre at best. Uh, but then I follow Mark on Twitter sometimes, and he's so negative when he talks about the Giants. That yeah,
2: bothers me. I've had it. I've had it up to here, Larry. I've had it.
5: <laughs> I wish you'd be more positive like the rest of us.
2: Well, I'm trying, exactly. but it's Friday, and so i got to just spill my best material out right now.
5: I'm going Niners 31-20. I think it's going to be like a 31-13 game, and, um, and then the Lions are going to get a touchdown late. Um, the scary part is the same way Dallas had. It had Irvin and Emmett and Novacek and those guys. I mean, they were you know great trio of, of weapons. This team with Laporta, Amon Ra. And then the combo of Montgomery and Gibbs. I mean, the, this is an awesome group of weapons. But um, but I think I think they'll pressure Goff and he'll make some mistakes.
2: Hey, before you go,
5: that safety position,
2: Jair Brown. Are we going to see more of him, or, the, the, or or still Logan
5: Ryan? You know what? <laughs> I wanted to ask this question at the press conference, like this, Steve. Jair Brown's got to play. Agree.
2: Dot dot dot.
5: Right. right? Right? We're on the same page, right? Um, But I had to ask it a little bit more respectfully, and I did say, you know, what are you doing? I mean, you know, (laughs) I I mentioned the fact that...
2: That's so much more respectful, Larry. (laughs) Hey, Steve, what are you doing out there? I was watching. What did you you say you do? What what the hell are you doing? What are you doing?
5: (laughs) No, that was Brock Purdy to Ray Ray. Right, right. no, uh, this, you know, Steve um, doesn't want to be disrespectful to the veteran, but I said, you know, uh, it, obviously uh, Logan Ryan was not good against the run, and you had the long 53-yard run. Are you going to consider going back to Brown? And he was noncommittal saying that, you know, it will be decided later in the week. But he also mentioned starting. So I think, I think you go with Jair Brown. I mean, it's a 225-pound running back who's a horse to bring down, and he's great at, and Gibbs is no picnic. You need all good run defenders on hand. Um, So there's no question. Jair Brown can hit you like a linebacker. Logan Ryan is a great cover guy. This is the way I'd play it. I'd go with with Jair in the first half, and then if the game becomes one-sided and Goff's got to come back, then you trot uh, Logan Ryan in there a little bit more and use him in his coverage ability against the pass.
3: Do you sense that they have a a reluctance to play rookies in general, Larry, in these spots? Um, You know that's a great question because um, you know Jalen. No, it really is. (laughs) Like
5: Jalen Graham, someday is going to be fantastic, and people are going to be like, Jalen Graham was on that team. He barely ever played. That's amazing. You know he's he's going to be really good. So I don't know. I mean, I I kind of think they've been conservative in certain spots. But, I mean, what are you going to argue with Shanahan at this point? I mean, they're in their fourth NFC championship in the last five years.
2: Uh, Larry, ask us anything.
5: Um, are you guys going to be in Vegas? It's a great it's question, a, Larry. That's a great question. That's an awesome question, actually. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be in Vegas, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, buying you guys drinks. If wait, you're there. wait
2: a minute. Are you there either way? Or like a crazy person?
5: Well, no, I'm not going to be there if the Lions are okay. the Chiefs. Well, yeah. gee, that's just no, pretty... a At that point, I'll probably just, you know, enjoy my family.
2: Uh, well, I mean, it, it was a pretty presumptuous way to answer. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm like, my well, God. is on the, winning. I'm planning games... on
5: watching the Niners win on Sunday. All right.
2: All right. Fine. Be yeah. um, confident,
5: guys. Be yeah. confident. Think, think, All think right. positively.
2: All right. So then ask again. Ask again if we're going to be in Vegas. Let's go. Ask me
5: again. Well, if we're in Vegas, you know we gotta we gotta hook up and and you know hang out and drink some beers and tear it up. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's not what I said. I said ask me yeah. if I'm going to be in Vegas because I'm not going to Vegas. But anyway, I'll be
5: there, Larry. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. I wish I was going to be there. You're known well in Vegas. Well,
2: no. well, yeah. Might might be why I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Am I Larry. right. Yeah. Great questions, bud. Great answers too.
5: I think the other day I stayed at a place. The last time I went there, I stayed at the Mark Willard Suite. It was a really nice place. And they
2: spell that S W E E T, brother. <laughs> um hey. Sweet. Hey, who's getting donuts? I bet dibs. He's got to get me donuts if any of these four players are Giants on opening day. Any
5: of oh, them. This should be well, this should be good. All okay. I need yeah, is one of
2: these. All I need is one of them.
5: Okay, let's uh, hear it. going Cor- be a great all-star list Cor- here. Cor-
2: <laughs> Corbin Burns of the Brewers.
5: Would
2: okay. be nice? Cody Bellinger.
5: Co- Co- Moraga, yeah. right? Cody Bellinger. Got to
2: uh, have Cody Bellinger. Uh, Blake Snell. Uh, or- I
5: don't know about Blake Snell. That's going to cost a lot, but he, yeah. he would be nice. But I don't see that. They, I don't see that.
2: Or Matt Chapman. If any one of those four are Giants on opening day, He's got to get donuts. If none of them are, then I do who's getting donuts.
5: Oh, you you say who you're betting on they are going to do it? You're He's betting on Farhan. i I bet the yeah. don't. Well, you know what? God, I I'm, I I'm I mean, you know, everybody knows me knows I'm an eternal optimist. Oh, so, uh, yeah. You're <laughs> known for it. That's, uh, your known, Twitter I'm,
2: handle I'm is me. at eternaloptimist.
5: <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was, I'm changing the Krug Show from the Krug Show to the Optimist Krug Show. Uh, it's going to be really good. You're going to learn the second channel.
3: Perfect. No. I, uh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh,
5: I don't know. I can't answer, Mark. I, I, it's it's too much pressure. There's too much pressure. Wow! 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 Stop
3: ducking us. We absolutely no, no. Yeah, the bailout.
5: Honestly, they're going to get. will get Chapman. At, at the worst thing, the, the worst they'll do is Chapman. But here's the bottom line on that. Casey Schmidt. I talked to him for an hour three weeks ago. Whoop.
3: Yeah, totally. no you stop di- hold on stop,
2: stop right there no me. you didn't no you yes, di- didn't you did not what did you guys get coffee you went and got you got nachos together you talked to casey schmidt for an absolute hour
5: this is a real statement you're making well it's not just a real statement mark it's actually a, a youtube live stream that people can go watch
2: okay it's beautiful. And, and, beautiful and, and it's not it's and it's no less thing. than an hour it was
5: longer than an hour.
2: And and was uh, anybody else there talking to him or were you solos? Just you and Casey sitting in a tree. <laughs>
5: uh my, the great Dan Emilio uh-huh. who, who has the uh, NorCal NorCow Sports Network I know. YouTube channel. I know who you're talking about the great about. Dan Coach Emilio was there as well. Okay. And it was it was really good. And one of Dan's uh, you know, side kicks on the show was there as well. And we just hung out with Casey and just, I don't know how Danny booked him, but he booked him and we hung out, we talked ball and um, you know, he, I think he's good. And I, I think that a lot of people think that, you know, Oh, well he not a good enough offensively. I, I don't, I wouldn't want to spend, see the Giants spend $150 million on Matt Chapman. When you have a younger, healthier, you know, Casey Schmidt sitting right there. I'd say it's like 50, 50 that Schmidt will have better numbers than Chapman. Hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, I'd rather see them go with Cody Bellinger or Jorge Soler. How nice would Jorge Soler be with the Giants? Really Big nice. Right-handed power hitter, 35 jacks. You know, I mean, he would be nice.
2: Uh, Not we, getting uh, him either. Would you still say that if Casey hadn't come on your show?
5: No, I, that's I'm a, a
4: great question, I'm Mark. Dying, man.
5: <laughs> 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 Look at Willard with these probing questions. Well, listen, that would have been a perfect time for. Oh,
3: that's a great question. Yeah, I asked the tough
5: one. That was not a great question. That was just probing crap. That was that was bottom feeder. No. That you know that, that, no, it was I a court. was a, you're it, better than that. It you're was a, a it that, was Mark. a
2: courtroom question, is what it, it was. Leading is what. It, it yeah, was. when I was sick this week, I watched uh, a few Good Men. So I'm in, the, I, I'm in the mood to lead the witness right now, You don't Mary. have
3: to answer that, Larry. <laughs> um, all you
5: have right. the truth. I do. Totally. I do. Um, and I think yes. the truth he, is – So Casey's, uh, Casey has ability, guys. He's, he's got a great glove. I mean, think about it this way. How many young guys have you ever seen in your entire life who played third base and were really good at third base? Just asked in their rookie season. Oh, hey, by the way, play shortstop every day. I'm, we get it. He came on your show. I'm, we get it. No, but he's a, that was it. a tall ask, and yeah. his bat suffered. But you know what? That guy's a, was a good hitter in the minors. He'll figure it out. He's he, that's a good young player. That's like they hit on him. They just he just sounds like they're hitting on it's him. All Oh yeah. yeah, My <laughs> God, like, that's a floor. They <laughs> need Matt Chapman. They don't. I could see the Giants signing Matt Chapman and having it being like an Evan Longoria part 2 situation. Don't miss we, Larry's YouTube yeah, channel where we,
3: he books you and then, we, then he praises you.
2: Can we go back to talking about the NFC title game now? Seriously. Sure. All right. Good. Thanks. No, no, no. Dibs? We're no,
5: we're going to do it without you. Trags see anytime Dibs is in the room, it drags or back not. to
3: baseball. Uh, yeah, I know.
5: That's me, Larry. I know. I'm he, a
3: Giants fan. I'm a Giants fan.
2: There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Have fun.
3: Thanks, guys. I, Good to talk
2: to you. Okay. Bye, Larry. All
3: right, Larry. Enjoy the game, brother. This
2: is Larry brother. Kruger. He's oh, going to be uh, part of the pregame countdown right here on five seven. The Game.
3: Brought to you by Habits yeah. Law. You've been wronged? Call Habits Law. So Don't make talking, it right. I
2: was talking to Casey Schmidt for about an hour and
3: 21 minutes the other day. Stop whopping me. It's just, I mean, seriously, the drip drop stop was. Stop whooping me. Stop. <laughs> stop. It's out of control. Stop whooping me. 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 Stop whooping <laughs> me. Stop. Stop. And just then, the stop.
2: Oh, God. He's fun. Was, yeah, oh, he's good. good. <laughs> and he says they're signing Matt Chapman. Yes, so. and he also says the Niners are going to win by 400. It's
3: like, like he's, no, He had it at 31-13 yeah. and a garbage time that's, touchdown to make it 31-20. That's an Ottoman game. The guy's got his tickets to Vegas already. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of see it. I see
2: it that way. I I, I don't not see it that way. I have actually practiced hard this week to not see it at all because it bothered me the way last weekend felt.
3: Last weekend felt exactly the way I wanted it to feel. Yeah. And and I I, said so last week. You did. And you didn't like it. It made you a little uncomfortable. And I
2: didn't like it. I didn't like it in real time either. I I meant what I said. It's not uh, like privileged or... Or snooty, um, I, I I completely cherish every playoff run the Niners go on. But I talked myself into this was as soon as the Cowboys and Eagles and Rams all lost, I talked myself into well, let's all get on a boat like Pirates of the Caribbean speed and just cruise to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then we spent three hours yo going. Ho, yo, ho! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, we're gonna lose. In the first game? Mm. That's what it felt like the whole way. So I practice this week, remove expectation of how it looks, and just be very, very excited if in the end the 49ers have more points than the other team.
3: That's great. Yeah. And I, I'm happy that you've reached that point of zen and you're staying in the moment and the rest of it. Um. But are you going to make a prediction or. Do I need to uh well, no I to, feel do I, I need to go to the coop and unleash the chickens on you? No, I feel I,
2: I feel very good about the matchup. I feel very, very good about the matchup. And I feel very good about some of the other circumstances that come into play that aren't even matchup related. Such as the weather, such as the Lions outside, such as the Lions losing the energy of their fans. I know we had a caller call in and be like, They've got twenty percent of the building. It's gonna be loud. Yeah. No, it won't. It's not gonna bother of the 49ers one damn bit, and that's not enough to inspire the Lions the same way the last two weeks have. The, you got fans crying that they're even here. 49er fans are like, again, this is what we call January. 35% yeah. of these games in history have included the 49ers. So um, if that sounds snooty, Sorry. It's also reality right. and it shades the way that we feel but I want to do my best to not totally reject that we're human you can't remove it completely but I I, I want to remove that vibe of like if there's if there's angst in this game it's gonna make me angry as opposed to <laughs> welcome it in and, sure. and and have have confidence that, that that your favorite team can handle that because they can. Yeah.
3: And they did. And they should. And Brock Purdy was huge on that last drive when the angst was ever-present throughout the nine-county Bay Area and abroad. Niner fans were feeling more than angst. And then Brock Purdy, your guy, came in and calmed the seas and yep. let him down the field, and they got the touchdown that got him the victory. So I'm not saying that you won't feel some angst, but I'm thinking 35-24 as a final score. It's going to be – I think both teams will find a way to score – I don't know if the Lions are going to have enough to uh, match the the Niners' firepower. Because
2: of your score, I will tell you my thing. This is my thing. If the Lions go over 24, then I will, be, I will be upset. Okay. Because I think it means that they can't win in two weeks.
3: Our very own Kyle Madsen had some interesting stats that Larry referenced. I'll share those on the other side about the indoor-outdoor Jared Goff yep. splits.
2: Yep. They're interesting. Okay, we can get to that coming up next. we got Defensive Player of the Week. we got some calls we want to get to for sure. It's a football Friday brought to you by First 5 California to learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress. Go to 1st 5 This is Willard and Dibbs.
6: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage
5: was not a great question that was just
3: probing crap now back to willard and dibs
2: on 95 7 the game that's what someone says who doesn't want to answer a tough question
3: yeah that's uh that's what it is and that's what someone says when they go to the proctologist <laughs> exactly i'll take a three grand. it felt good coming out
2: uh yeah speaking of that voice that's uh that's larry kruger you know when you're going to hear him next uh that'll be sunday That'll be Sunday as we get ready for the NFC title game, and we've got you covered. Starting early in the morning, in fact. Not too early, but 9 a.m. Mark Grandy, Sterling Bennett are going to get you started. We are live and local. We are not messing around, okay? it gets get you ready for this football game. Kickoff shows at 1. Larry and Lowe, Hilton Santa Clara with delicious food and great drinks and the best pregame show the Bay Area has ever known. It is all presented by Habas Law. You've been wronged. Habas Law will fight to make it right. Call 1-800-INJURED or visit habaslaw. Um, I will tell you something, call it a gut feeling, but a streak is going to come to an end in this one on Sunday. Um, Nick Bosa will sack Jared Goff. Okay, Um, That is four straight playoff games right now without a sack for Nick Bosa.
5: We have great energy.
2: Four straight playoff games without a sack for Nick Bosa. Obviously dating back to last year as well. And um, I think this one sets up for him nicely. And I say that knowing that he's going against Pene Sewell, who is absolutely fantastic. Um, but by the same token, uh, it's not just one-on-one when it comes to offensive line and defensive line. And, uh, and I think Nick's going to break through for one.
3: I think that if he gets one, it's going to be because they flush Jared his way. And Larry, with uh, some great insight on the Lions' offensive line and their injury woes, I think it's a Hargrave and Armstead game. I think you're going to see Eric Armstead rub the belly and do his his celebration Mm -hmm. when he gets a sack and he rubs the belly. So I'm going to say... Armstead more sacks than Bosa in this game. Okay, More belly rubs than shrugs. I I, I
2: mean, let me me back that thing up for a second. I don't care who gets the sack. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just have a feeling that Nick's going to break through and break that streak, but I don't care. Just somebody go get the guy. Yeah. He's standing right there, and he's not going anywhere. Well, they
3: had zero against Green Bay. Exactly. Go get the guy
2: because he's not going anywhere. You just got to get there and get that guy. Knock him off of his spot um let's take a few more calls huh 888 9570 um you know at the end of a show when we see uh jose in oakland uh, i just go well that's gonna be a
7: yes from me dog totally uh hey jose what are you doing well i'm driving home and i decided uh you know might as well call uh the Will and tv show <laughs> Give you my
3: forecast.
7: <laughs> Listen, two things. I, I see this game being at 35 31. Oh, God. I see, I, I, I see it being that, that close just because you can count on Jake Moody missing a field goal and being that high scoring for the Lions because uh, Silk Wilkes, Wilkie, whatever his name his name is, <laughs> this guy inherited a variety of a defense, but he's just driving there like it's a Prius on the freeway. You know, pissing everybody off, going too slow. <laughs> the guy seems like he has a high-tech defensive, you know, defensive players. But then he, he insists on driving, on using it like he's playing, you know, with this uh, old Radio Shack, uh, you know, thingy, that you just buy it. The guy, he seems like he doesn't know what to do with it. He's too basic. That's the only reason why I see it that close. But I, I, I'm i pretty sure that the Nannies are going to win.
3: Okay. I, 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 as, as, go yes, ahead, Jose. Bring it home, Jose.
7: As far as uh, Mr. Wilkes, if he comes back next year, uh, that's enough for me, though. Okay. Okay. They, need to, they need to change yeah. it. They need to hire somebody. Hire Bill Belichick if they have to.
2: Bill so, Belichick yeah. for defensive coordinator. And I like
3: huh? Silky Wilkes. I, it was an accidental name by Jose, but thank you. Silky Wilkie okay. is a good one.
2: Okay. Oh, gosh. Look, um It's interesting. I, I, I fight against this all the time where it's just like, okay, we don't like what we see, then let's go straight to the coach. I don't really know what to do right now with the collective 49er defense. It's not bad. It's not been a bad year. But we already had the whole up in the booth, down on the sideline thing. That that goes away because they go on a win streak. Now it feels like it's starting to creep back into some people's minds because the defensive line's not getting pressure. And you got a few people in the defensive backfield who aren't performing well. And I think that those two things go hand in hand, by the way. I, I, I just... I don't know. I get that when you're in charge, it all comes on you. Uh, and and so Steve Wilkes is going to get some criticism here if the 49er D-line again can't get home. But it just feels like something bigger is, is at play here. Um, and I haven't been able to figure out exactly what it is. They're good. They're just not as good as... It feels like they should be.
3: Yeah, it's you know it's hard because the other team is really good too. And you face the yeah. Detroit Lions and you've got a top three offense in football going up against a top three defense. So even though the defense is very good, the offense is also very good and you're not going to win on all the snaps. So the key is to do what they did against Green Bay, even though they didn't play well. They were great in the red zone when it counted. Yep,
2: that's true. Speaking of defense, how about the defensive play of the week brought to you by East Bay Law Practice. When you need the best defense, you need to call the Bay Area's top criminal defense attorney. Visit EastBayLawPractice.com today. Let's rewind to six days ago against the Pack. 49ers locked in a battle and had finally just taken the lead in the final minute of the game thanks to a Christian McCaffrey touchdown. But Jordan Love and the Packers had the ball and timeouts in the hip pocket with a chance to force overtime or even win the game. Until, speaking of the law, Dre stepped in.
5: Realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. 40 ers have it. Greenlaw. Go. Still up. He needs to get down. Go, Drake. Brainlaw's still on his He's got to go down. down. He's got to go down. And get down. Over. San Francisco <laughs> takes over.
2: Okay, first of all, the Defensive Play of the Week was brought to you by East Bay Law Practice. East Bay Law Practice knows how to go the distance for you by providing the defense you need to help reduce or eliminate your penalties. Visit EastBayLawPractice.com today. I do love the cadence of that call where Burkhart is kind of speaking for what all of us watching are saying. well, He's got to go down. And then as he doesn't go down, three more beats go by where Greg Olson comes running in. <laughs> it's, that's what it sounds like. He runs into the room and he's like, no, this is getting serious. No, no, no. He's got to go down. Totally. He's he... got to go down. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah. It was a great oh, way my, to describe exactly it. what our living room sounded like on Saturday night. Yeah, oh, and then God. even a
3: couple more. He's got to go down because, yeah, <laughs> and turns out he didn't have to go down. Oh, you God. can't make him. We're, we're, although next time he will go down. We were, we're closing told. in on a 49er
2: tackling him. Right. I mean, I, we were two more seconds away from that. Fred Warner is going to go throw him out of bounds or something. And then the ball comes out. Right. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't want to think about that. Yeah. Oh, what a hot mess. Force fumble by your own team. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't want any of that. But uh, all right, we know what we do want. Have a great weekend, uh, everybody, and enjoy the hell out of this. That's uh, that's my only message. Not every city, not every fan base gets to do this almost every year like we do. There's nothing Milton Cookies about that. They absolutely need to win this game, and I believe that they should. But do take a moment to think, man, it's pretty cool. Here we go. Last weekend in January, and the Niners are about to dial it up yet again.
3: And it's at home, and you get a chance at 3.30 to just set your whole weekend up to be ready to go. You listen to Larry and Lowe at 1, you get Grandy and Sterling starting at 9 a.m. So keep it at 95.7. The game will get you all ready, and by 3.30, when the ball's teed up, and Moody kicks it off to the team and Honolulu Blue. It's on, baby. Niners have the chance to go to Vegas. It is
2: on. You're going to get some Grandy also right now. Best of the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. That's what's coming up next. Full hour with Grandy from today and all of the best content, starting with Emmanuel Acho, who joined the midday show and had some really interesting stuff to say about the 49ers and this matchup. You want to do it again tomorrow?
3: Absolutely, and let's make it a Victory Monday.
2: No, don't do it again tomorrow.
3: Uh, tomorrow? No, no, no. Do you
2: want to uh, do it again tomorrow? No, Mark. Do you you want to do it on Sunday? It's trick questions. Yeah, I, are I know. Me. Uh, yeah.
5: Just say it.
3: That's Sunday, a, I'll call in. So that's do an it awesome question. Yeah, that's a great question. That was not a great question. <laughs> <laughs> that was just probing crap. That was probing crap. It, it
2: was. It was. I, it, it was a trick question. Now,
3: do I want to do it on Monday? Absolutely, Mark. Okay, let's God. do
2: it on Monday uh, for Dibs for Grandy for Lucas. I'm Mark. Hey Niners, shoot your shot. This is all you got.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the weekend. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by West Credit Union. Working for you today,
5: tomorrow, together.
1: Why? Why?
5: If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone
0: users. Why? Why?